Good afternoon and welcome back to the Aggie Pridecast. I am your host, Brian Holloway. Uh, with me, I have a new co-host. Her name is Shamaya Tatum. Uh, and with us, we have two very dynamic uh, young ladies uh, with us. It is Women's History Month, and we have two of the bosses here at North Carolina a t <laughs> Athletics. Uh, I know you guys are thinking Earl Hilton uh, or maybe Corey Lima. Forget all that. No, no, no. no. We have the bosses. It's us. Right here. It is right here on our show today uh, on Aggie Podcast. We have with us uh, Shamika Pyfram, uh, the executive liaison uh, for the Aggie Athletic Foundation here for North Carolina A&T Athletics. And then we have the president, uh, the head lady in charge, uh, Oak Rush, uh, is with us. Uh, you know, we have some nicknames for him, too. We call uh, Shamika Million Dollar Meek. You know, That's it. You know, she does, you know, and all of our faith, of course, is in Hope Rush. So uh, we are here and we are live with them. And of course, like I said, uh, my co-host uh, with me today is Shamaya Tatum, an up and coming uh, woman in charge uh, here in North Carolina A&T Athletics. She is the cheerleader here on our show, former cheerleader for North Carolina A&T Athletics, also does some broadcasting for us and PA. So she's going to be a superstar. Uh, in uh, the future here. Uh, so happy for, to have you with us. We are super excited here in Aggie Land. Uh, our bowling team just came off of MEAC championship. Uh, of course, you know, guys, we're still celebrating the 4x400, winning the national championship. And I also want to continue to include that is national, not HBCU champions. Right. None of it. it is national uh, champions, uh, our 4x400. Uh, relay team volleyball doing very well in the MEAC. Uh, they're undefeated. Softball is off to a seven and one start uh, in the MEAC. So we're looking forward, hopefully, to some more championships. Uh, baseball split with uh, North Carolina Central over the weekend. Uh, the Eagles won the first two games. Uh, the baseball team, uh, Aggie baseball team, came back and won the next two games. And hopefully, once we get healthy, uh, our baseball team will be right there in line uh, for uh, an MEAC championship. And so. Certainly uh, just a very exciting time in Aggie Athletics. Outdoor track and field has started. And uh, speaking of national championships, look out. I mean, uh, Dwayne Ross is loaded for bear. I mean, he, he's, got some, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got some some, some super talented guys that he wasn't even able to roll out for indoor uh, because of eligibility. But uh, because of the lost outdoor year uh, a year ago, now those guys are back. So he is uh, about as deep as he has ever been on the women's and men's side. So uh, they finished fifth nationally uh, with a handful of guys uh, indoor. Uh, just imagine what they can do on the outdoor scene. Uh, but uh, without further ado, uh, let's uh, talk to our ladies. Danielle Williams just passed by my office. So Danielle Williams is in the building, along with Billy Edgington. We're going to ask Hope Rush about that. Billy! <laughs> That's the real boss. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No question about it. Yeah. No question about it. But Shamika, tell us a little bit about uh, the Aggie Athletic Foundation. Uh, tell us a little bit about its history, uh, its present, and where in the future. So the Aggie Athletic Foundation um, was comprised of two of our legacy booster organizations, um, which was the Aggie Club and the Victory Club. The Aggie Club, which was um, a fundraising organization or booster organization that fundraised at all levels. And our Victory Club was our higher, um, if you will, quote unquote, um, level donors as well as corporate sponsors. So um, we had that merger happen back in 2012, um, where putting both of those organizations together, we created and it was decided to create the um, Aggie Athletic Foundation. And so um, where we are, right, where we were then, um, once those two organizations were created, um, we were fundraising at about a quarter of a million dollar level. Um, we had decided to outsource of our corporate sponsorship. So these are all individual donor um, gifts. Um, and so now where we are right now, in the last two years, we have increased that, that number to a million dollars. So. Uh, for the past two years, we have broke that um, million dollar mark. So very, very excited. Um, obviously, you know, looking to increase that amount moving forward um, with the help of our outstanding donors, 
um, looking to uh, possibly um, uh, start a campaign and, and that sort of thing. So we have a lot of things that we're, we're looking to do in the future um, within athletics. Uh, we are here. Million Dollar Meek. You heard it right there. People are excited. They, they, they love the fact that, that that million dollars is being raised. A lot of Aggie prides uh, coming down the pike. And so uh, what's what's the goal for two million? Uh, the goal for two million is immediately. We're right looking now? for two million right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we crossed that million dollar mark. It's always looking to do more, you know. So we crossed the million dollar mark and, and everything is upward from here. So definitely want to increase every year. And so, so yeah, two, two million is, is right around the corner. Uh, tell people how did they get involved in the uh, Aggie Athletic Foundation? How did they become a part of it? Uh, how do we get more people in there so that we can go two million, three million, four million, whatever the case may be? So we do have a presence on social media, so um, definitely check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but then you can also visit AggieBoosters.com um, where you'll find our donor forms and more information about the Aggie Athletic Foundation, our mission, our vision, our goals, our strategic plan. And so you can um, definitely log on there and you know select donate. It'll take you straight to a given page where you can enter in all your information and um, giving information and, and payment information and, and you can become a member instantly. Or you can give me a call, email me, call me at 285-3063-336 area code. Or you can email me at spyfrom at ncat.edu. All right, you got social media, you got the digits, you got the email address, I mean, however you want it. What you else know, do they want, yeah. What else do they want, I mean, you know. Uh, big love out to Stephen Harrington. He's given that website address, aggieboosters.com. So if you're sitting up with us on the chat, you can pick up on that too, who's, you know, as well. Steve is big into the AAF. And so, you know, uh, you know, if you like winning, I mean, keep it rolling in. Uh, I certainly like winning. Right. So, uh, you know, keep that, keep that rolling in. Uh, like I said, uh, we have with us, our faith is in Hope Rush. Uh, and Hope has a... Uh, the actual Rush family has a huge history in Aggie athletics. We'll get into that as well. Uh, but uh, Miss Rush, tell us about your matriculation to Aggie Land, uh, your basketball history, and where you are now. Kind of give us that chronological order. There. All right. Well, thank you for this. This is a, a great opportunity. If I can think about how I made it to Aggie Land, um, you just talked about Billy E. that passed your office. You know, Billy E. was one of the people that came and sat down in my living room with Coach Tim Abney in what was it, '87? You know, they. Um, I'm from High Point, so I graduated from T. Wing at Andrews High School in High Point. So, you know, I think it was pretty easy for them to follow my career. I was right next door, right? So they had to come over there and get me. Had to. Had to. Where else were they gonna go? Um, but yeah, they came in and, and they recruited. They they came actually to one of my state playoff games, and I I want to say that it was in Fayetteville. Um, then after that, they came in and they did a home visit for us. And you know, the world knows now that you know I had Stephen at a young age. And one of the things that really tied me to A and T is when they came in to recruit me. Stephen navigated to Billy as if he'd seen Billy all his life. Right? <laughs> Billy picked him up and put him on his lap. I said, "That's where I'm going, right there." Right? <laughs> and you know, and it was a great decision. That was you know just a part of it. You know, there's so many great things that have happened at A and T for me. You know, academically, professionally, what I do, I owe that to A&T. You know, who goes to, to, to college on a full scholarship for four years, right? So that was a true blessing. So, you know, it's been a great, great career, great run that I had. Um, I was there from 87 to 92 on the women's team. You know, and, and actually, I think there were either four or five in my recruiting class. And, you know, when, when Coach Abney recruited all five of us and then finally brought us together, you know, he told us, he said, the the point that I reason I brought you guys in here is because I want you to turn this program around. We need to establish women's basketball as a winning program. And y'all were the first five to do it, right? And um, we met up, we, we, we took the challenge, you know, for three of the five years that I was there, we were MEAC champions three years, three seasons, regular season champions. That's accurate. Um, yeah, yeah, 88, 89, and 90. Ask me how I know. Now, some things I just know. <laughs> I don't have to be prompted for some things, right? <laughs> but, you know, it was, um, 
you know, it was just the great, the, the ladies that I played with, even those that were after me, we're a family, right? The girls that play today, we support them. And, um, you know, I owe a lot to A&T and, and to my family. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, I, I had a, you know, one, I had five years because I had a red shirt year due to a knee injury. But you know what? That didn't stop anything. It just gave me another year to take in that Aggie pride. So it was good. I enjoyed it. I loved it. Great, great. Aggie pride. First of all, please tell us what it is like to have Billy Edgerston come to your home and recruit you. Because I don't think you know Billy Edgerston, the coach. I mean, he's <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that, Billy? Listen, is, that's Is it super tired? I mean, how did he come in there? <laughs> just like you see him I'm sure his hair was blacker. <laughs> yeah. Hair was blacker for sure. But, um, you know, I don't know how to describe it because I don't know anything else, right? Um, he was my coach the whole time that I was there at, at A&T. And, you know, they, they knew the history of the, of the university. They knew what they wanted to happen with the program. They had a strategy. They had a plan, you know, and, and they had a, a role for each one of us that they brought in to tie us with the current ladies. So we knew what we were going to do as soon as we came in. So, you know, Billy and Coach Abney, they didn't take no mess. Whatever they asked you to do, you were expected to do, right? But, um, but it was fun. So Billy was almost like a big brother to everybody. Because, you know, when you're in school, you don't think about the age thing, right? And now that I look at it and I do the math, I'm like, wait a minute. Me and Billy ain't that far apart. <laughs> <laughs> we are not but, giving uh, out ages here at the Aggie Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not. Okay, okay, okay. I, won't, I won't say nothing else. I, I got close right there, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> but you know, Billy was um is a part of our family. Always will be. Always will be. Uh no question about it. Uh and Billy is still everybody's big brother, by the way. I don't think that has yeah. changed. I don't think he can be anything else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that has changed too much around here in, in Aggie Land. We are with uh Shamika Pyfram uh and Hope Russ, who's the AAF uh president. And uh Miss Tatum, get in here and ask these ladies a question. <laughs> Well, hello, I'm Shamaya Tatum. Um, so what advice would you guys give to young girls who aspire to do what you guys do? Whew. <laughs> Great question. I thought we said no surprises. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 well, You know, um, one thing that I can say that is don't be scared to be the only one in the room, mm -hmm. right? That's because sometimes you will be. So you just have to be comfortable in that space and comfortable with who you are and what you bring to the table. And, you know, sometimes I never even dreamt that I would even serve A&T in any capacity, you know, let alone being on the board of visitors and the board chair for the athletic foundation, you know, things happen and you prepare yourself along the way, but you also have to open yourself up to things that maybe you didn't expect and, and, and just make sure you're prepared and um, learn from the ones that came before you. Don't feel like you know everything. Technology doesn't drive everything. You know, sometimes you need that people interaction. You know, but, but just make sure that you prepare yourself because that's what opens doors for you. You know, when that door opens, you have to be ready to step into it. And so sometimes you just have to do some of that on your own. And the one thing I will say is that, you know, learn your craft. Um, Stay ready so you don't have to get ready, I think has been the biggest quote that I, I live by, um, move, at least moving forward now. Um, definitely don't be scared to ask questions. And like Hope said, um, be willing to learn from others um, because I think um, learning from, from others is going to be your best source of being successful. No question about it. Donna Jackson sending love out to High Point Andrews. Hey, uh, hey, Donna. Uh, High Point Andrews. Uh, Mr. Jamal says that Hope is going to get us to $10 million. So that's right. Hey. Jamal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, there, that's it. That's it. Uh, no that's why we're here. That's, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, when, I, when I met Million Dollar Meek, she was uh, actually uh, probably about 13 years ago. She was about five months pregnant. Uh, when I met uh, and she was working for the Victory Club, uh, working her way up, and now look at her now. She's at the at the top. Uh, take us through your journey, uh, Million Dollar, and uh, tell us uh, kind of how you got to where you are. Absolutely. So um, when I first started at AT, I had no idea that I even wanted to even be in fundraising. Um, just to be completely transparent, I kind of fell into this. I fell into the role that I applied for. 
Um, I started out as a development associate um, working for the executive director of the Victory Club um, and kind of just got my feet wet into the fundraising industry. It just happened to be within athletics. Um, during that time, I learned a lot. Um, I had a, you know, a few transitions of, of executive direct, direct, directors during that time. And as time went on, I just kind of slowly moved up. I moved from the development associate to an assistant director, um, which mainly um, consisted of me managing um, our appeals and our marketing and um, some of our day-to-day -day operations within uh, the Victory Club and the, which is now, of course, the AAF during um, now. And then just as time went on, learned more, saw more, asked questions, um, kind of was that only person in the room for a little bit, and then um, <laughs> matriculated into this role back in 2016. And so um, definitely still consistently learning, but definitely um, appreciated all the help along the way, still looking to learn more, um, but definitely love what I do, love our student athletes, love our donors, love, love, love uh, A&T. And so it's definitely been home for me. A lot of people always ask me, when did you graduate from A&T? I was like, <laughs> so first of all, <laughs> I'm an honorary graduate. So, that's right, that's right. But I am an Aggie. Uh oh, you use the honorary graduate thing? Uh, okay. Honorary graduate. <laughs> We'll, we'll take it. We'll but, take it. Um, Everybody else is calling an Aggie, but okay, all right. <laughs> I had to say something to you, Brian. I had to get you a little bit. But, um, but no, I, I think just because I've been around so long, um, people uh, just assume that I've graduated here, but I definitely embrace A&T and love A&T, and A&T has definitely been my family for the past 13 years. Respect, no doubt about it. You, you do a great, great, great job. And I feel the Aggie love, so there's no, no disrespect there. Uh, we are with Executive Liaison uh, to the Aggie Athletic Foundation, uh, Shamika Pyfram with the AAF President Hope Rush. My co-host this week is uh, Shamaya Tatum. Uh, and uh, guys, take us a little bit through, I mean, we talked a lot about money, but the AAF is a little more than that. Uh, you guys do so much more than that in terms of your time and your dedication. And then I think everything that, that is fundraising, as far as A&T goes, falls now under the AAF or soon will be. So, you know, including the Hall of Fame and all of those kind of things. So just kind of take us through the whole dynamic of the AAF. Because give people the full picture of just kind of what you guys contribute to the uh, athletics department. Tamika, I'll let you start, and then I'll jump in. <laughs> I knew she was. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Because <laughs> I looked straight at her like, okay, we'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, of course, um, you know, our, our, our mission and our goals is always going to be financial um, scholarships. Um, helping our student athletes is our number one goal um, in this whole process. Um, but amongst that, you know, we definitely – are you know within the community we definitely um you know offer our our time if you will um volunteering and and, and still serving our community in, in in that same in that same realm and so you know essentially i think that not only do we raise money for athletics but we have a deep passionate um desire to help all of our student athletes, whether that's internships. Um, I have a lot of our student athletes that come and work with um, myself and I work closely with marketing as well. And to answer your question um, about if some, if somebody, female or male, uh, student athlete wanted to get involved in fundraising, wanted to learn more about development, wanted to learn more about marketing, um, they typically um, are sent this way and we take them under our wing and show them the ins and outs of what we do. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, uh, working games or whether that is reaching out to our donors or whatever the case might be. So um, that, that passion that we have for our student athletes and that, and that ability to willing to help our student athletes is, is definitely real. So I would probably say for me, it's, bringing those student athletes in 
um, or students, period, if you will, mm -hmm. and, and helping them navigate or helping bring them in to help them navigate through life, essentially. I mean, you know, it's not only just about playing sports, but it's about, you know, learning other skills that help them navigate through life. And so that's what we're here to do as well. Yeah. And, you know, what I can add to that is, you know, we also strategically work with other areas of the university to make sure that we're aligned holistically with with Dr. Chandler's with um, Dr. Martin's vision for the university. Um, so, you know, we work with advancement um, to coordinate there. We are we're constantly evaluating different um, athletic programs at other types of universities to make sure that we are competitive and aligned there because our, our goal is to look at advancing our athletic program academically, which you guys know the, 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 the gains that we've made in terms of our student athletes and their GPAs and, you know, how Earl has done such a great job from, from that vantage point strategically. Um, but, but that's key for us re-engaging former student athletes. That is one of our um, key strategic objectives. Um, we're creating, you know, different mentorship programs. Um, so for example, for the women's program this year, I um, worked with Siobhan with the women's program to establish a mentoring program where former lady Aggie basketball players are going to mentor some of the current student athletes, kind of to talk about, you know, we've been in your shoes, we know what you're going through, you know, do you need somebody to just talk to just to keep them motivated, you know, especially now with COVID. You know, if I think about COVID and the impact that it had on athletics, and I think about my time as a student athlete, hats off to the student athletes for today because that had to be hard. We were so, we socialized, that's what we did, right? Uh, especially as a student athlete, you know, that, that's part of, of that mandate that you have as a student athlete. You're a brand ambassador for the university. Um, so, you know, when we look at the athletic foundation, we look holistically at how we can make athletics better um, financially, strategically, as far as the student athletes, recruits. Um, it, it's a lot of work that happens behind the scenes that as a student athlete, I never even considered, you know, and I've learned so much about the inner workings now of athletics. You know, I even called Coach Abney. This is a funny story. I called him about, I guess, about two, three months ago. The check on him, you know, I'll call him and check on him every now and then. And I said, Coach, I just want to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, apologize for what? I said, you know, I'm thinking about when we were playing, you know, you had all these, these A personality types. We all thought we knew everything about basketball. You know, here you and Billy are, young men, and you're dedicating your lives to that, you know. And uh, we had a good laugh about it, but... <clears throat> It's a blessing to be able to play college basketball. And, and you know, now for me specifically, I try to work just as hard off the court for the university as I did on the court, because now I see the value. And now I see the benefit, you know, long-term down the road, how these student athletes will one day come back and say, you know what, I remember when Hope gave back, so let me give back. And, and I think that that's a key initiative for us to get to this $10 million. I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm glad that standard was set, right? But for us to get to this, this $10 million mark, because if, if we can get our folks engaged, there's nothing that we nothing. can't do. We've proven that as a university, right? That's why we're the number one HBCU. Number one, no number question one. about it. Number no one, question. I mean, yeah, we, we don't even think about number two. That's no right. question about it. Uh, sending love out to Cassie Rush. She says, mom and daddy is proud. So I think hey, you you probably know what that means a little bit there. No yeah, question about yeah. it. So while we're on the Rush family, we'll go there then. Uh, and speaking of giving back, Stephen Rush was our uh, color analyst uh, this year for men's and women's basketball. And we're super proud of that. Uh, we're super proud of Arlene Mitchell, who comes back and does volleyball for us. Uh, you know, Corey Lima comes back and does baseball for us. So we're super excited to see our student athletes come back and contribute uh, yeah. to us the way they do. Uh, and for most Aggies know Stephen Rush uh, played men's basketball here. Most Aggies know Kristen Rush, your niece, uh, was a mm -hmm. field runner uh, here as well. So talk a little bit about the history of the Rush family in Aggie uh, athletics. They've gotten some all-conference, all that good stuff. I mean, you've been oh, good to Lord, us. Oh, Lord, have mercy. 
<laughs> oh, but it has, you know, the, the Russ family, we, we have been blessed, you know, to be a part of Aggie Athletics. And, you know, I don't know about any other family, but Kristen and Steven don't have a choice when it comes to giving back. I call them and tell them what they're going to do, right? And I'm like, don't, don't argue with me about this. This is what you're going to do. And, you know, sometimes you have to treat your kids like that. But, um, you know, both of them, I'm super proud of them in terms of what they did um, as a student athlete um, at A&T and even what they do now professionally. And, and I can see the growth in them. And I know that it's a part of what athletics brought into their lives, especially being a, you know, a collegiate athlete, you know, and I've always been one that has said athletics creates leaders. Right. When you think about what a student athlete has to do in terms of managing their time, going to class, keeping their GPAs up and all of these things, it prepares you for life. And, you know, Stephen had a great, great career in what, just two years um, at A&T. You know, he has a he has a couple of records. You know, Kristen holds, I think, the what 5K and cross country um, record. So, you know, A&T has been good to us as a family and we're we're determined to continue to give back. Uh, my older brother started out, actually, he, he wasn't a student athlete, but he attended A&T first. And so um, we have a, a legacy, if you will, that we've established as it relates to that. And I'm going to say this out loud. I know my family's going to get me, but I got three more that's coming. I got oh. three little nieces and oh. nephews. Oh, love it. They're, they're, they're love it. Yes. I'm already going to start a family fight <laughs> because we've already been in this. But, you know, <laughs> I, I have um, some nieces and nephews now that are coming up. Um, probably about the next 10 years, I can see if I can get them to Aggie Lamb. But, <clears throat> you know, we've always been a competitive family. I don't care if it's Jeopardy. I don't care if it's basketball. I don't care if it's backgammon. We're competitive. <laughs> and, um, you know, we've, uh, we've recently, I don't know, in the last couple of years, we've established the Rush Family um, Endowment for Athletics because we see the value of that. And, you know, and when we think about, you know, what we do for for the student athletes, it's about making sure that down the road, we're able to still provide um, for what our student athletes need. And that's one of the things that we want to do as an athletic foundation too, is increase our endowments, right? Um, that's the smart way to give. Then we, we let our money grow and that's what we want to do. Um, so, you know, we have some huge um, campaigns and Shamika's done a fantastic job of increasing the endowments that we've had um, come through the athletic foundation in the last few years. So, um, you know, the Rush family has been blessed. And, and as long as I have breath in my body, the Rush family will always give back, whether it be time or, yeah, hey, whether it's time, talent. You know, Steve was like, God, I got to drive all the way from D.C. I said, I'll see you when you get here. <laughs> be safe. <laughs> right. So, um, so we don't give each other an out. And, and, and we, we have a good time. We, we really love A&T. Um, we truly believe in athletics um, at A&T, and, and we'll do whatever we need to as a, as a family to make sure it's successful. And, and, and please forgive me. I meant to say Dr. Stephen Rush. Yes, yes, Dr. Stephen Rush. Yes, Don't Dr. say Dr. that Stephen too many Rush. times. I'm going to call you that one or two times, but other than that. The good doctor owes us two years, because I, I still feel some kind of way that we missed two years out of Stephen Rush. You know, we should have had more three-pointers from Stephen Rush, but it's all good. It's yeah, all forgiven. Yeah. Still, I've, still heard, I've heard that too several times. <laughs> but it's all good. Love Stephen Rush. Uh, one time, all-time free throw lead, uh, leader in free throw shooting here at A&T. Sam Hunt came and got him for that, but uh, yeah. outstanding three-point shooter. And uh, my, my fondest memory of him is it was at Norfolk State when he hit oh. like 10 three-pointers and just I mean, it was outstanding, but uh, I'll never I forget that. I when that game was over. <laughs> I think it was double overtime. It was Nervous wreck. Yeah, nervous wreck. Uh, we have been joined here by the Deacon. Mr. Carl hey, Harrison has, is now in the building. Um, and so we'll take a little part. Well, I'm not going to put him on the spot already. He just jumped in. I'm going to put Tatum on the spot. Give us a question, Tatum. So um, while you were at ANC or even um, – when you came to ANT, who were some people who inspired you to not only continue to be a part of ANT Pride, but to also continue to give back to ANT? Um, for me, it's, I mean, this is very, very simple for me. Whenever I remember when I was um, a student athlete, there were several people from my church at home that were Aggies. <clears throat> and when they found that I was coming to ANT to play, I mean, every time I looked up in the stands, 
My, my dad was there. My mom was there. My dad's best friend, Stephen, they were there. Um, and, and another gentleman by the name of Mr. James Stover. I don't care which game or where we played, Mr. Stover was always at our game. He was at every single game. And, you know, now as an adult, when I, when I think back on that, that is what set the stage for me for what I do now um, in terms of, of attending the sporting events for the student athletes, helping to raise money to make sure that they have everything that they need, not some of what they need, but everything because they deserve it. They put it all on the line for us every time they step on the field, court, whatever. So, um, you know, they were big influencers in my life. Coach Don Corbett, Coach Tim Abney, Billy, you know, all of the sacrifices that they had to make. I mean, they spend their lives on the road. You know, they, you know, sacrifice time with their families to be with us and to make sure that we had what we need. So, you know, for me, specific faces and names automatically come to mind when it comes to, you know, the dedication and loyalties of Aggies and that Aggie pride. And I'll just say... Go ahead. Sorry, Samika. Sorry. Oh, no, you're okay. I'll just say that my journey through this whole process um, in, in understanding fundraising and understanding um, what our student athletes need and understanding the whole process has definitely motivated me to give, understanding the need um, and just wanting to help. Um, you know, I think if I were to say a particular group of people would be our student athletes and, and trying to do my part and you know, this is what I tell my donors every day is not, you know, how much you give, you know, just any anything that you can give and that you can sacrifice is going to help the program. And so um, I just think that our student athletes and our mission um, definitely definitely motivates me to give back. And that is why she is million dollar me. That's why she, That's raises it. All she can money. get the money, but <laughs> she knows how to do it. <laughs> she knows how to do it. She, she knows, knows how, how to do it. it. Every every little bit counts, and that's how you get to a million dollars, and no question about it. Uh, we are here with uh, my co-host, uh, Shamaya Tatum, uh, my man, Carl Harrison, just jumped in. Uh, we are with the uh, liaison for uh, Aggie Athletics to the AAF. She is Shamika Pifram and the AAF president, Ms. Hope Brush. Uh, Mr. Harrison, what's going on, my man? Not much. Just uh, glad to be here. Sorry, it was a little late, but uh, you know we stay busy in Aggie athletics. It's always a bunch of things going on. That's all right. That's all right. Get out, Carl. Get out. No doubt. Uh, Stephen Harrington now giving out the text number to give as well. You guys got the troopers working for you. Let me you. tell you something. We got a board that you listen. No board is better than our board. No Absolutely board. not. No board. No. Yeah, number one board too. We just be number one at everything. <laughs> number one at everything. Yeah. No question. Everything. Give to seven one seven seven. No question about it. Text that to give to the AAF. Uh, and let's take a pause here. Carl, tell us what's coming up at Aggie Athletics. We were discussing all of our success. I mean, we were discussing all the the trophies that are coming here to East Greensboro. We're just a you know, little school on, on Bimbo Road, you know, <laughs> you, you know, and uh, but tell us what's coming up uh, in Aggie Athletics. Well, I love talking about trophies and championships, so I'm mad hey. I missed that part. Hey. But, um, exactly. Um, but no, so this is uh, probably a light week c compared to all the other weeks that we've, we've had lately. Um, in terms of activities, our, uh, our only home event, um, obviously softball had uh, some cancellations this week. Our only home event will be volleyball this Sunday at uh, 4 p.m. They are closing out their season. Um, Go ahead, closing out their regular season at least um, before they head off to the MEAC championship against uh, North Carolina Central at uh, 4 p.m. Um, and that, I think that game is streamed. Am I right, Brian? It's streamed. That's correct. Yes, yeah, so that game uh, will be streamed um, for the fans to to watch and. I'm not sure if you already spoke about this, but our track team is traveling down to uh, actually one of my favorite cities, Austin, Texas. Um, they'll be at the Texas Relays this weekend, their first um, real outdoor meet this season. Um, I think we got the we got the heavy hitters rolling out this weekend, so I'm excited to see how they get started as they um, go to look for some uh, some outdoor championships. I already collected a bunch of indoor. Now we move on to to our outdoor season. I joke with people all the time. People talk about how much time certain sports take, but track, that's all day. Track is all day. <laughs> <laughs> all, Listen, day, day all day. All day is all day. 
<laughs> so yeah, so um, look forward to that. And then um, just a couple other quick things. Um, we, we will have some home track meets coming up soon, which I, I think we're excited about. And obviously people may have seen the governor's orders on increasing in, in number of fans, but we're still working on what those will look like for our home meets. But we have a couple, we have uh, track meet the weekend of April 9th and April 10th. Um, and then the Aggie Invitationals, April 23rd, 24th. And then we actually host the MIAC uh, Outdoor Championships. That is the weekend of May 7th and 8th, which, uh, if you haven't heard, will be a very busy weekend over in Truist mm -hmm. Stadium. We're hosting the MIAC Championships. And then we will turn around and host the MIAC Championships. What else we got to do? <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. So, so stay on the lookout for, for information about that. And just as a reminder, bowling is getting ready um, for the NCAA championships coming up soon. So hoping to add another trophy for that. And with all the winning going on, we are in, um, in plans for planning a, uh, a special event for all of our championship teams. Um, can't release all get too much. Don't get too much. <laughs> Being on the lookout for that, it, it'll be a very nice way to recognize all of our championship teams. It should be pretty cool. Uh, a couple of things with that. Uh, head coach Kim Terrell Kearney was very complimentary of A&T fans, uh, A&T folks in general, um, for the love they show bowling. You know, it's, it's one of those sports where it feels like sometimes the, the bigger sports kind of overtake it, but she said here, you know, people treated winning the, winning the championship and bowling just as much love as any other sport. Um, and so she was very appreciative of just the love that people give um, for them winning the championship. She feels like they feel like that's important. And that says a lot about Aggies uh, and just the appreciation that we don't take these things for granted, uh, that we do uh, go full bore. Secondly, you mentioned that we didn't have our heavy hitters uh, in track and field uh, last week at High Point. We still won 14 times. We have 14 first place events without our quote unquote heavy hitters. Uh, that but, is heavy hitting. Oh, that's heavy hitting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but certainly the, the, the names that people have come used to, Randolph Ross Jr., Trevor Stewart, uh, Cambria Sturgis, all of them uh, are gonna be in action uh, in Texas this weekend. So, you know, we'll get at, you know some of the bigger names uh, that we've come across, accustomed to. Can you repeat that one more time? One more time, Brian. I just want people to recognize that. So obviously, like you said, we got all these names, but then we had some, you know, younger, maybe up and coming stars. And we won how many oh, yeah. events with just them? Fourteen. We won fourteen. Then we won together. We won fourteen. Yeah, no question. Yeah, we won fourteen. That's incredible. Uh, that shows you. That's, that's without Ross Jr. That's, that's without Trevor Stewart. You know, so I mean, uh, like I said, he before you got on the call, he's he's loaded. Uh, he's loaded for bear. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking national championship with bowling. Hopefully that will come to fruition. But uh, certainly you can't look past uh, what track and field may be able to do uh, during the outdoor season. So uh, certainly um, just exciting. Uh, and uh, like Chris said, it's our final victory lap in the MEAC. Uh, we're going to the Big South. So let's go there uh, since Chris got us there. Uh, hope give us your thoughts on that 50-year relationship with the MEAC and now transitioning over to the Big South. Want to give us the thoughts of the AAF president? I know, right? And this is <laughs> this has gotten me in a lot of trouble over the last year. <laughs> just to say that. Let's just say that because you know I'm very passionate when come when it comes to my Aggie athletics. Don't oh, worry, Brian. We had a pep talk before we started. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. So Don't say this. Don't say this. It's good. That's that's part about being an athlete. You got to know your personnel. She knows her player personnel. Yeah. She called me. She said, "Okay, let's level set." Mika's yeah, doing my job for me. Thank you, Mika. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all know who you're dealing with. You know who you're dealing with. But um, but seriously though, um, I think it's going to be good for our programs. You know, uh, one of the things that I always tell people when they ask me that question is, you know, I look at it from the standpoint of there's a difference in traditions and legacy, right? Traditions are intended to change. And the MIEC has been good for us, to us. You know, we've had, we've been there since what, 1970. Um, and so us leaving the MIEC is not, is, it's not a bad thing. It's not a slap in the face for the MIEC or anybody else. And, you know, when you think about our legacy, our legacy will always be our legacy, right? We'll never lose that. And moving to the Big South is not gonna change that for us, which is, most, which is very important, right? So when we think about that, 
you know, our leadership team that we have and, you know, Chancellor Martin and Earl and Ken Sigmund, you know, they have not let us down. And sometimes you have just have to trust the vision of your leaders and align with them and get in step. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we're doing. And I really think that we are going to be in good shape going into the Big South. Um, this conversation, you know, just became public about a year ago. But the workings have been in the works for several, several years. This was not a this was not a knee jerk reaction. You know, there was a lot of discussions that happened with the with the MEAC, with the officials in the MEAC. And um, it, we just felt that it was the best thing for us, you know, and, and, and it's difficult when you change. Change change is hard for folks. And, and this is a big change. You know, and I, I thought about, you know, when we announced that we were going to start participating in the Celebration Bowl, all the, the noise we heard about that. And I was like, what? We leaving the Celebration Bowl? What? You know, so, you know, it's just it's just part of the process. And, you know, we have to trust our leaders. Um, we know that going into the Big South, we're going to be competitive out the gate. Right. So it's I personally don't expect anything but more championships, even in our first year in the Big South. And that's a big statement. Right. We're going to be the new kids on the block. But we ain't never scared. We ain't scared. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, Brian. Right, right. Listen, this is great. This I is great. Hoping, I am Listen, I next to Terrell Robinson, she's number two greatest host of all time. I mean, she's, she's outstanding. It must be a women's basketball thing, because I'm telling you. <laughs> right, right. But you know, we're aligned for the move. We're ready for the move. We're prepared for the move. Um, I think that you know once we get in there and and this Aggie pride is going to follow us. We travel. We always have. I don't expect that to change, you know. And it's been a lot of work. So I personally think that this is the right move for us at this time, and it's all about timing. Um, and I think we're going to be very very pleased with the outcome. I think everybody's going to be happy about it. Well, it's a great point you make about the celebration bowl. I do remember some of the chit chatter <laughs> when we left. Uh, you did nice. Uh, you call it chit chat. It won't chit chat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I spin for a living, so you know. Yeah. It, it, it's what I do. <laughs> uh, but it was. But yeah, no question about it. And it's one thing I will miss about the the MEAC, that trip to Atlanta every December. Oh. Uh, it was starting to become a tradition for me. You know, what I'm saying like yes, it was like I, took, I had that week. That's my first week I took off at work every year. <laughs> I'm gonna be gone this week to this week. Yeah, that was that was kind of like my Wakanda, you know, just kind of getting down there every uh, every December, you know. Uh, it was, that, that was fun. Uh, it almost became the Aggie Invitational. It was like almost like a. a That's right. I had to remind fans, listen, we have to win in order to get there. Like it's not automatic. You know? Oh, <laughs> like, we planning that. We planning off the go because we knew what our boys was gonna do. Gonna do. <laughs> yeah, I no got calls. I got calls before the end of the season. Um, what's the host hotel? Well, guys, yeah. I mean, let's just let's just wait just a second. Just a second. You got it. You got it. I was like, yeah. wait, we have a ball yet. Yeah, there's a few football games in between all that, people. Right, right, right. There's, a whole season. there's a whole season in between. We'll, we'll talk about it towards the end. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I, I can't talk. I did the same thing. I'm going to be honest. I think it was starting in 2017. I would go to an early practice, like during camp in August, and look and be like, Yep, we're going back. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> 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 just go ahead and book your room now. Just go to book your room now. I literally, 2017, 2018, 2019, I booked my hotel for Celebration Bowl in mid-August yeah. after watching my yeah. and, and And you were right every time, man. I mean, you must be a great talent evaluator. You were right every time. That's you, it. Every time we it. won, uh, never lost a... A celebration bowl and we had a good time and we'll leave it at that uh you know but uh certainly uh, a big transition uh from uh the MEAC to the big south uh i wanted to ask um what you thought of the women's basketball team winning the MEAC and did you see the game against nc state they were up six Absolutely. at one point uh and uh things kind of didn't go our way after that but uh Kind of give us your thoughts on the, the run that uh, Terrell and his ladies had this year. You know what? They had a great season. Um, you know, they have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. They represented our university well. Um, yes, I did watch the game. Um, I was I spent half of the day over there with my mom and dad because I had to make sure that they had it to where they could watch it. Then I ran home at halftime to finish it home with the girls. So, um, you know, I said that the, the, the former ladies, we had a, there was a Zoom call that was set up so we could watch okay. it as a, as a group, right? You see that? Yeah, I do. Um, 
but you know what? We couldn't be more proud of the ladies. You know, they held their own. They played a great game on Sunday. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I hurt my, my knee the last game of my freshman season in the championship game against Howard. I was so glad that the 94 team and then this team beat Howard to get to the big dance. I didn't know what to do. I was like, right? So, um, but it was good. I, I thought that I was going to be able to make it down to Texas to, to actually be physically in the building with them, but I couldn't get that to work out. But, um, you know, we're super proud of them. We stay connected with them. You know, Terrell has done a phenomenal job, you know, with the program in general, you know, making a winning season and you know working with coach Earp and you know he has a, a great staff that works with him you know they do a fantastic job and we couldn't be more proud of those ladies so you know they're the champs for real no question about it and uh coach robinson is within striking distance of your former head coach uh, tim abney for the all-time lead and wins here in north carolina a t but uh, certainly um, i hope coach abney is not listening but go get it terrell go get it <laughs> 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 records, are, records are meant to be broken. I told Stephen the same thing when one of his basketball records was broken. I said, hey, they're meant to be broken. They don't, you know, somebody's yeah. going to come along at one point that was better than you. That's I was sending big love out to uh, Jared Peel, who said, we ain't scared to go into the Big South. We're we to Jared. We're, we're ready, to go. <laughs> ready to go. No question about but it. But that's going to be a t-shirt now. Yeah, <laughs> give me a t-shirt. Let's get a t-shirt. Yeah, you know, yeah. I love a t-shirt. <laughs> we ain't scared. No question. Um, and Shamika, uh, we were talking about football and uh, Celebration Bowl and all those things, but I'm sure fans are curious about uh, capacity, uh, Governor Cooper, and some of the decisions he's going to make. And so I'm sure that fans are interested in strategy and how we plan to strategize who we put into the to Truist Stadium this year, if we are able to go 100%. And so what type of conversations are being had right now uh, about capacity and, and all those type of things as we move closer and closer to uh, the fall football season? So I will say, let me first start out by saying that we have made some adjustments to our renewal period for AF donors. Um, we've extended that timeline from March 31st to May 1st to give uh, people a little bit more opportunity or a little longer time to give. Um, in addition to that, we have also decided to um, postpone the selling of season books um, typically, they go on sale mid-April, um, historically. Um, now, we're, we've pushed it back into that May-June timeframe. And that is just so we can um, see how, how open we're, we're going to be, um, whether that's at 50%, 75%. Um, obviously, the goal is to be at 100%. Um, but for right now, um, I think it was at, and Carl, correct me if I'm wrong, at 30%. I think that's where we are just, right now. It just went up to 50%. Earlier this week, I think. or is it just Friday, or is it starting Friday? I yeah, think it's 50% Friday. starting Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and so we may, um, you know, we'll still have some conversation around that to see what that looks like, to see how many fans we can let into the stands. We may wait until the next executive order comes out to see if it opens up anymore before we decide to put those season books um, on until gate uh, passes on sale. Um, obviously, the goal is to get as many fans in the stands as possible. Um, and we kind of want to do it the right way, um, offer the season books, place people in their seats if possible um, without having to retract and go back and that sort of thing. So kind of just being patient right now. Um, but like I said, um, look for that to come out. If not um, in May, definitely um, sometime in June um, is when we will send an announcement out about when season books are going on sale and when um, our fans and donors can purchase. And I think in the, that. Billy Thank made you. Billy made a good clarification for us earlier on our call when it talked about um, occupancy for our events. If you'll notice, they always say up to a certain percentage. And um, he told us today that that was because you can go up to that percentage as long as you can still maintain social distancing and all of those requirements also. So when, when we hear 50%, we're thinking from one piece of the horseshoe around, if you think about the right. football stadium, we can let that many people in. Well, no, that's not the case. It's up to 50% and still be able to maintain those safeguards that we have to that we have to maintain. So that's a bit tricky. And I didn't think about that until Billy said it that way today. And I was like, you know what, that's a good clarification that everybody needs to know. So that, you know, when you look in the stands and you see that there looks like there's only 14 people in there, 
we still have to maintain our social distance. And then we, you know, we are working hard and the ticket definitely works hard to yeah. make sure that we can get people as close to there. Cause I, I've gotten a lot of calls about original seating prior to the pandemic um, where people were in 2019. Um, will they still get these seats in 2020, 2021? Um, and so the ticket office does work hard to try to place people in their original seating. But again, um, to your point, you know, we have to space them out according to the executive order and making sure that people are socially distanced, grouping people appropriately, um, you know, twos and threes and fours possibly, and that sort of thing. So those are the things that we discuss um, as these executive orders come out and, of course, prior to us putting these season books on sale. Yeah, that's that behind the scenes stuff I was talking about earlier that we don't <laughs> really see. That's a big listen. There's a lot. They do. Come, come here to the Aggie Podcast. We have all the information that you need. You're getting an education. I'm getting an education about up to and capacity and all these other kind of things. This is this is great stuff. Uh, we got a question from Kimball. I think this is for uh, Miss Rush. It's right up your alley. How do you feel the void of some of the, tra the traditional rivals we will lose going into the Big South? Common question. <laughs> Um, we're going to do our best to maintain some of those. You know, I can't let the cat out of the bag yet, but there are some things that have already been solidified that I know our fans will be over the top happy about. Um, but part of our intention in moving to the Big South was that, you know, we would still maintain um, some of what I talked about before, some of our traditions, some of our traditional rivalries, some of our traditional games. And, and we have been able to secure some of those. I'm not at liberty to tell you which ones, you know, I work in HR and I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, there's some things I know that I just can't tell you. This is one of them. But you have to, you know, you got to trust the process and um, we, we will, we'll maintain some of those things. I, think I will say that we, uh, I'm sorry. I will say we have released 2024 with SEM State. So that is a traditional okay. right. uh, And then uh, we have released uh, a 10 year uh, agreement with North Carolina Central uh, to continue that rivalry as well and so those are two that we can't talk about because they have been that's gonna get people in the stands right there that's all you need to say <laughs> <laughs> you need to say another word they're already, they already looking for their tickets <laughs> yeah no question no question and I, I, we, we have announced that one yeah. go ahead i'm sorry and i th i think on top of what hope said um i think that um no matter who we play in terms of how our game day looks and the types of traditions we have in the stands and band and all that stuff like none of that changes, you know, we're going to do the same thing regardless of who we play, you know, um, teams are going to have to come into it and adjust our atmosphere. We don't have to adjust our atmosphere for anyone else. That goes for the stadium, that goes for Corbett, that goes for softball field, you know, wherever place we play, we, we are going to be at right. and they're going to have to adjust to it and, and get used to where, you know, they're playing us. So that's right. Um, I'm, I'm excited for it. And I think, um, you know, in terms of atmospheres, we've had some, you know, non-conference games against non-traditional opponents that have had mm -hmm. just as good atmosphere as some of our other games. I think about, this is going to sound biased, but I think of the Elon game in 2019, that first game of year, that was, that was yeah. a lot of crowd, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, so, that was uh, a good one. And then I think it's because we have the environment that we have. So they'll get used to it when they come in. And, and if they don't, then that's good for us because it would make it hard to play right. here. More seats right. for us, right? Exactly. I shouldn't have said that. Did I say that? I, I, can't, I can't wait to see the look. <laughs> Oh, mama's faith when they walk in here to Club Corbett. I mean, it's going to be a terrible thing. I know, right? I, know. Guys. I, mean, I don't think they understand what's coming to them. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's something that's you don't get used to. You can't, you can't. You know, and don't let somebody file out. I'm going to be the first one stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Did, I think we talked about this before, but when we played Stanford uh, in men's basketball back in November, that was one of the things that, like, one of the players asked it, someone, I can't remember who it was, they were like, yeah, we were looking at Banty, and that was one of the first things we saw, like, do y'all still play that when someone fouls out? And I was hoping so bad that somebody would foul out. And I know. <laughs> they, they knew about it. It was pretty cool. Like, yeah, and because of, because of COVID, Stanford didn't get the full effect of COVID. No. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get the full effect, you know. They, they, yeah. But I will say that one of the players was very excited because people ask me how excited we were to play Stanford. And I say, it's the other way around. I think they were excited. Mm -hmm. A lot of their African-American players were excited to be at an HBCU. That never even, some of them probably never even knew that existed. And for yeah. them to be on a campus 
that is traditionally African-American and has the history of a and I think they didn't know that kind of, of campus existed until they got here because a lot of those kids from New York and California and places mm -hmm. like that, so it was a better experience for them than yeah. I think it was for us playing, uh, playing Stanford. So um, certainly that was a, a great experience. And so um, Kimball, who asked that question, really liked the answer. So you're good, Hope. Uh, you're, you're, you did a great job. Uh, yeah, we got some people out here that want us to play Southern. Uh, I got people out here that, of course, want us to play Jackson State. So of course, <laughs> I, I, of course. <laughs> I, of course. I wonder why that is. Uh, yeah. But uh, and we got yeah. Stephen Harrison out here selling uh, AAF bricks. So he is, get the bricks, Steve. Do it, Steve. Hard at work. Hard at work. I love it. We we are a team, honey. We're a team. No, no question about it. No question about it. So we're going to get out of here on, well, first let me let uh, Ms. Tatum, do you have a final question for us? Um, so we mentioned the 10 million as the goal. If you guys could, what are some of the steps that are in play to kind of get to that point where we're like, we made it, y'all. Like, we here. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a whole question. Right, right, right. <laughs> See how she See, I'm just getting you back. <laughs> but um, but we're, we do we're doing several things. So I talked a little bit earlier about um, increasing the endowments that we that we're establishing for athletics specifically. Um, that's not something that has been done before, has been common. So um, that's one of the things that's a part of our strategic plan is to do that. Um, Shamika very briefly hinted to a campaign that we're talking about. Um, running specifically for athletics. Um, we don't have all of the details together, but it's, you know, it's a capital campaign, I'll say that, and we want it to be specific for athletics. Um, that too has never been done before. So, so we're, we're, we're setting a high bar for ourselves um, to reach that. You know, we do large and small campaigns on social media, um, reaching out to our alum, reaching out to corporations, um, part of what we talked about with the organization and, and setting up or doing some benchmarking around athletic departments, that's a part of it, right? So making sure we have enough um, major gift officers, making sure that Samika has the support that she needs, making sure that, you know, Earl has what he needs because, you know, our, our number one goal as the Athletic Foundation, we are here to raise money. You know, I laugh and I joke with you. I might throw a TikTok video out there every now and then. But at the end of the day, I'm here to raise money. Right. And, so that, and, and that's it. That's how we're going to get to $10 million. Yeah. You know, but it, it takes all of us. And, you know, I was looking at a couple of the, we got, you know, several social media sites. We have Aggies, we have Ladies of A&T, all different ones that are specific to A&T. And, you know, some of them have 100,000 members. Some of them have, you know, 80,000. I mean, if everybody gave a dollar a day, mm. We got 10 million right there, right? So we, we, we really have to try to, to not make it seem like it's this daunting task. When you think about $10 million, you know, when you think about the number of alums that we have, I mean, you think about the number of former student athletes we have. If we gave like we were supposed to, I mean, that's the call right there, so y'all get ready. But um, if we gave like we're supposed to, that $10 million is not far down the road at all. And, and that's part of our strategy. That's part of our strategic plan is re-engaging our student athletes, creating this capital campaign, increasing our endowments, you know, and then, you know, million dollar Meek, she got that part down. <laughs> We're good. We're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> you know, everything is about education. And I think to Hope's um, point is that um, I think the more that we educate, you know, I think the less it seems like it is just this huge goal that is never, you know, is unreachable. Um, I think that also um, the engagement of our former student athletes is going to be key um, in, in, in getting to where we need to be. Um, the, uh, the brief talk about the capital campaign is definitely going to be key as well. And I'm just going to push it out there. I had a prep, prep talk with Hope about not mentioning and she did. giving no timelines and all this other type of stuff. But those are the type of things that your successful Lusa organizations have done and are doing in order to reach these, these, these types of goals. And then of course, um, you know, the endowments. And then also, 
you know, educating people to understand about giving to the program, right, without necessarily receiving anything in return. And that's a big thing for me um, is our transformational gifts versus transactional type giving. Um, and that is one of the biggest things, especially during this pandemic, that I am focused on educating our donors about is like, listen, you know, pandemic happened. It was beyond our control. But our athletics department still needs money. You know, this is, you know, I'm, you know, of course we wanted to play football this season, right. but unfortunately we couldn't, you know, and so, um, you know, just educating our donors and our fans to say, listen, you know, you're giving to our program first, you know, we're going to do these things for you as an added something, but the reason that you're giving is because you're trying to help our athletics program and our student athletes. And I think that's a big key into getting where we need to get. Yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention, too, is that a lot of people don't know that, you know, in the state of North Carolina, we can't use taxpayer dollars for athletics. Mm -hmm. So people think that when we get these million dollar referendums that pass and all of these things, that some of that money comes to athletics, but it doesn't. Right. The money that we get from athletics is the money we raise. And we are and we are one of the few booster organization that gives such a huge percentage of our donations to athletics directly to athletics. Um, if you view, view the virtual homecoming that we had this past year, you saw the check presentation for a half a million dollars to athletics. So um, I think that that's important, too, because a lot of people do call and say, well, where's my money going or what has it done? Mm -hmm. So as I point to the scoreboard of Corbin and as I point <laughs> to these checks and these students, you know, able to attend and, and, and get scholarships, I think that that's a very important to to, um, you know, notate is that, listen, these are tangible things that are happening, but we still have a lot of work to do. And so um, those are the, that's where the education piece comes in. And that's where some of these other goals that we have will come in to help us reach a lot of these, these, um, these goals and these visions that the AAF has. And another thing, I'm gonna get me and Shamika off the hook. When we start coming for this $10 million, <laughs> y'all told us to do this. We didn't do this, but we're gonna go along with it. <laughs> we're gonna go along with the 10 million. We were at 2 million. Somebody said 10. Yeah. I said somebody, 10. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, See, uh, somebody on the chat said yeah. 10 million. I gotta yeah. find okay. out who that is. That somebody name. put up 10 million. Give me that yeah, name. No yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was not the ladies. Uh, somebody on the chat put out there 10 million, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll go with it for we're now. We're gonna go get no. it. We're gonna go get yeah. it. 10 million. No it is. Uh, that was Jamal. Jamal is the culprit. He put up 10 million. Uh, on us, but uh, it's all good. Love you, Jamal. Thank you for watching our show. No question about it. Uh, but uh, you put a big target on their back, but it's all good. It's all good. But, you know, uh, you know, if you get a chance, uh, once COVID is over, go see the wall over in Corbett. It is mm -hmm. fantastic. Women is in men's basketball, uh, working on a dome uh, practice facility uh, for some of our outdoor sports. Uh, you know, no question about it. Weight room. Weight room, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's going to look fabulous. So uh, the, the the donations are being put to to good use for Aggie Athletics, and so that we can continue uh, all of this winning and all the success that that we've had. It, it just you just don't roll out the balls and it happens. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes yeah. uh, that goes on in order to uh, to make these things happen. And so we are we're certainly excited about uh, the AAF and all the things they're going to do and. You know, we could talk to these ladies all day. They've been fantastic. I mean, you know, they use uh, they use these great words like transformational and transactional. <laughs> all those great things. So, you know, we, man, we could talk all day with these ladies. Uh, history month, uh, and they are super, super smart. And uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, they are the bosses. Uh, they made to make this thing this thing go. So we'll get out of here on this one. We will get out of here on a little this or that uh, with Hope Rush. We'll play a little uh -oh. game with yeah. it here, uh, and we'll start out with this one. Uh, checks or online donations? Which one you like better? Both. Can I get a, can I get a third? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't expect me to just go with that, did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, I don't know. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. there's a little charge on the online donations. It depends. Donations. It depends, right? It depends on the population that we're talking about. Some going to automatically just send us a check. Some of them are going to do it online. So I can't, I can't, I can't pick or choose on that one, B. Yeah, I love it. She called me B. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that means I we're forgot. cool. I was being yeah. professional. I forgot. I was <laughs> I know, uh, B is fine. I think the chance of calls me B too. I think it's just a thing. There's people. Okay. This, this is all right, B. I'm yeah. good. It's all good. It's all good. 
All right, here we go. Uh, better Volvo XC60 or the sedan S60? Okay, so here we go. I don't work for Volvo cars. I sell 18 wheels. <laughs> <laughs> so the DNR electric is the one. Go get your 18 wheeler. Let's get a let's get that going. But um, but yeah, I I I I work for the heavy um, duty side, the commercial side. Mac truck, Volvo truck, yeah. Love out the Volvo, Kevin L. Dorsey also. That's um, it. That's my man. Athletic, so. Love out to Volvo. They uh, they bring us some good people. No question about it. All right, here we go. Low carb or gluten free? Low carb. Low carb. Uh, a Stephen Rush three pointer or a Stephen Rush dunk? Three pointer all day. <laughs> it counts more, right? Yeah. Two first team all country all cross country MEAC awards or one first team all MEAC men's basketball award. Two is better than one. I love it. He loves math. You know, I love that. I love that. that. Post-game celebration for the celebration bowl or pre-game celebration bowl party. Geez, celebration bowl is a party. <laughs> Pre right. The whole weekend for I'm starting on Thursday. Thursday to Sunday. I hear you. Post-game is always good though because we won and we can talk junk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm big on that. I'm good here. I used to stay with family. I don't know. <laughs> I'm cheap. I'm trying to raise money. I ain't trying to spend money. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. A G T I E or P R I D E? Both. Give me that. Give me that. Great. <laughs> 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 oh, TikTok, Facebook. TikTok. TikTok. Last, Last one. Billy Ashley as an administrator or Billy Ashley as an assistant coach? Say that again. Billy Ashley as an administrator or Billy Ashley as an assistant coach? Assistant coach, we have more fun. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Gary Anderson was more fun as an assistant basketball team. There you go. That's right, he was. Ladies, thank you so much. You guys are great. You're very informative. I think you're uh, Aggie fans. Everybody educated. We kind of know what's going on uh, with everything AAF, football. And all of those things, so you guys were tremendous for us. Uh, big love, forgot about Mr. Rush, my former assistant, and send love out to you. Rush man has been good to me, too. Uh, Shemaya Tatum, thank you so much for pitching for us this week. You are outstanding. And the Deacons, Al Harrison, uh, for joining us here. Uh, and we'll be back again next week on Aggie Podcast, having some more great jokes and great, great uh, guests. Thank you guys and have a great, great day. All right, you too. Bye. 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 Bye.